Hi, this is Dan, and you're listening to the Holy District Podcast. Welcome, everyone. We are excited to be here with you this week as we dive into parables and we talk about um, Jesus' different parables that he tells and um, how we want to approach them, what we're learning from them, what what's being revealed. Um, because parables can be confusing, they can be enlightening, and there's lots of depth and opportunity there. So today I have with me Brooke. Hello, everyone. And um, we are going to be reading. Why don't you tell them um, where you're going to be reading from, Brooke? Yeah, so... I chose a parable found in Luke 14, so it'll be Luke 14, verses 7 through 14. Okay, um, great. So what what made you want to pick this parable before you read it? Like, why did you pick it? Yeah, I mean, so you, we'll get into the parable here in a few minutes where you'll know what it's about, but uh, it talks a lot about humility. It talks about um, who you're inviting to parties, who you're inviting to gatherings, and uh, I just found it very intriguing as this is a season where I think Daniel and I are both trying to include more people into our life and, and celebrate more and party more. I did a podcast on that like a few weeks ago yeah. um, after, e- or was it our Easter one? And so, yeah, it's very intriguing. And I, I like, I like this. Yeah. I like the spin on this parable. Awesome. Um, well then why don't you go ahead and read it to us and we'll dive in. Okay. So I will be reading from the NLT version. So Luke 14, starting in verse 7, and we'll go through 14. When Jesus noticed that all who had come to the dinner uh, were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you are invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed and you will have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Instead, take the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then, when your host sees you, he will come and say, Friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then he turned to his host When you put on a luncheon for a banquet, he said, Don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. Awesome. Thanks for reading that for us. Um, Okay, so why don't you... Uh, dive in and kind of tell us what is happening before sure. this parable. Like, what's happening around it? Why do you think maybe Jesus is telling the story? Yeah, so before the parable, if you um, go through the verses, like 1 through 7 right before, um, Jesus is talking to a prominent Pharisee. Uh, he's at a Pharisee's house. Okay. And so a Pharisee at the time is is just known as a prominent religious leader. Um, oftentimes they are people who... Um, are reprimanded for being more legalistic about things. Um, they're very religious, but they have a very um, rules-based approach to religion. So um, 
he is in a Pharisee's house, and then there was a, a man who was suffering from abnormal swelling mm-hmm. in his body. And because it was the Sabbath, mm-hmm. Jesus was challenging them um, to actually like go ahead and help this person. Um, but because it was the Sabbath and it's not lawful to heal or do anything on the Sabbath, um, nobody was doing anything. And so Jesus went ahead and healed this man. But then all the Pharisees were silent on this matter. So um, he's basically inquiring about like, well, if somebody is hurting on the Sabbath, don't shouldn't you help them? I mean, I mean why would you not? Right. Um, I think if on a Sunday, you know, if we saw somebody in our life hurting or they needed to go to the ER, we would definitely take them. Right. So that's sure. that's Jesus's point. So from there, he launches straight into this story about the parable of the gathering and noticing where the guests are picking their seats. Um, So there was no question necessarily he was answering, but he was responding to um, people who were choosing their seats. A situation he saw happening. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about right after what was happening? Um, So it goes into the parable of the, um, the great banquet, I think. Yeah. The the wedding feast. How do you feel like, that parable is different from this parable. Cause that's, what's interesting to me is they're both being told around a feast as I was just scanning it really quick. And I was like, huh? Like why would you, maybe he felt like his point didn't get across. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. know. Like what was funny to me was, uh, cause I was reading this while you were talking. I was like, Oh, like it doesn't even, I wonder if he's at that Pharisee's house still when he's telling this parable, he might be, you know, which is like, been fascinating because he turns to the host and tells him in there uh in verse 12 where you read it and he tells him oh well don't invite your friends your brothers your relatives invite the poor the crippled the lame and the blind Mm -hmm. he's talking to the guy that's been hosting him um who he reprimanded earlier too right right you know so i don't know maybe maybe this is a different time but it seems like it's not as the way I'm reading it because it doesn't a lot of times when Jesus is switching places, they'll say the next day or um, in Jerusalem, like to they'll change locations. Yes. This doesn't seem like like he's changing locations. Yeah, I know. I feel like a lot of the parables are actually happening in Jerusalem at the time. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's something that I've picked up on before. But as I was, you know, trying to think about like which parable to talk about today. One of the questions, which you might have asked this later on, but I'll address it now. Um, you you had asked, like, you know, where where is this happening at the time? And it's Jerusalem. And I was, like, reading some of these other parables. And it's like, oh, there are a lot of them are happening in mm-hmm. Jerusalem as Jesus is going about his time performing miracles and doing all these things. Sure. Um, he's also teaching people um, things out of parables, which I was... Uh, also telling Daniel prior to this, parables are still so confusing for me. Like, mm. I I think that I would definitely be a modern day uh, apostle or disciple where Jesus is literally saying, here's a story. Now, let me try to interpret it. But then I would probably just be the one to blink back <laughs> and be like, what? I don't I don't understand. I need you to explain it more. I literally sure. don't know what you're saying. Um, I think even now I read through parables and I'm like, huh, Jesus, I'm still trying to figure this out. Sure. I mean, the point of parables is to cause you to stop and to ask questions. And I think that's literally what I'm doing is like I'm asking. I have more questions. I don't really have answers. I just have more questions about what's happening. Yeah. And so that's the point of the parable is that you would then stop and um, 
think over it and let those like questions stir around in your mind for a while um, and pull out then the meeting from there. Right, right. So uh, as I was just like reading through the great banquet while you're talking, it's interesting. So he's still at the same feast and he's saying, oh, uh, I'm wondering. So all the guests must have been people who were like friends and relatives, people who could pay back because Jesus tells that story Mm -hmm. of like, don't do that. And then some guy turns in the same setting and says, um, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus launches into another parable about the great feast. And um, I think Jesus in here, as I'm reading it, I'm going, maybe he's trying to humble all of his uh, guests at this banquet mm-hmm. or all the guests. Because yeah. he talked about right there where he teaches on humility, like you're saying, and um, they're fighting over the place of honor. Right. You know, and Jesus then launches in and in the great banquet or that great feast all these people are being invited to this feast and they're not showing up because they're saying they have better things to do. Yeah. Which I'm wondering if Jesus is looking at the crowd being like, that's you. Yeah, probably. You know? Probably. How did the parable end? And because most of the time, um, what you'll find, this isn't always a rule, but this is a really common rule is the point of the parable that Jesus is telling usually comes at the end of the parable. Um, so you think of the prodigal son, we want to stop at the son comes home and the father greets him and it's a great party. Uh, but the story actually continues, and it talks to the older brother. And you look at the crowd Jesus is talking to at that time. It's Pharisees. They're the older brother. Uh, so the point of that parable is actually coming there at the end. Yeah. Um, so how did this parable end? Do you think the point of this parable is actually found at the end? Is it one of those, or is it one that's different? Yeah. I mean, I think that generally the theme of this parable is about humility and about powerlessness. However, I do think the point really hits home at the end because it's talking about um, like a gathering and it's talking about whether or not people want to be seated by the guests of honor and then who, who to invite to, to parties after that. Right. And so I, if you think about it, I mean, when you go to like, I don't know, birthday parties or sh- showers or, um, I'm trying to think like other gatherings, like graduations, at least for me, I don't know, maybe some more introverted people might not think like this, but I want to like be next to those people of honor <laughs> like mm-hmm. if i go to a birthday party it's like oh i want to sit next to the person like the, the birthday yeah. girl or yeah. i want to you know be next to somebody who's graduating and 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 be next to them but but jesus is responding to this and saying well i'm inviting you to take a lower seat in the house so that you sure. could give that up to somebody else and so sure. um I, something else that, that's really funny about me is i love concerts uh, Daniel can attest to this. He's been to concerts with me before, but yeah. what do I do at concerts? Do you remember? Do you know? Oh, you shove your way forward. I do. You're, I, it's the worst. <laughs> I love to shove my way forward. Um, I, and I'm, I actually really do not like sitting down concerts. I like nope. standing concerts Yep. <laughs> and I really enjoy like paving my way to the front, um, because I want a good seat, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to see, um, the, the artist who's ever performing, but I, I will, I know this is so terrible, but I literally punch elbows. Like I like shove elbows and try to make my way to the front. And I think Jesus in this scenario is kind of relating this to the fact that like, no, let that tall guy stand right in front of you at a concert. Like let somebody else 
have the seat in the place. Let somebody else see, even though you so badly want to see this person who's performing, even if they're your favorite artist, let the tall guy stand in front of you. Yeah, Yeah, because it's kind of like, so um, I don't know that parties that I go to, it's felt like, I was thinking like, has everyone sat at one long table and, you know, there's been a very clear place of honor. I don't know that I've been to a party like that, but I do know like, I go to weddings and like I'm trying to find like the cool kids yeah, you're table. A, well, you're the cool kids table. You're you know. also I, again like me. I'm trying to find like the bride. Like I'll go on the dance yeah. floor just like, to like be next to the bride. Any party I go to, I want to like I'm surveying the room and yeah. figuring out like who's there, who do I know, yeah. and going gravitating towards a group of people that seem like oh they're gonna be fun. Right. Um. But I think what would be interesting. I love your concert analogy there. That seems to fit really well of trying to move forward what would be really interesting then is if an artist were to sell tickets to their show and the most but they didn't tell you where they were like where the tickets you bought were Mm -hmm. and so the most expensive tickets were actually at the back of the room yeah wouldn't that be fascinating honestly yeah i think that would be so fascinating because that's kind of it would be such a social experiment really and that's kind of like what jesus is talking about here Mm -hmm. is that it's like we um we come back from the or people in the back get moved up because it's that phrase the first will be last and the last will be first yep and well so then if we're talking about how the parable ends i guess this shifts focus like a little bit he's talking about like the guests of honor but then he says well if you're throwing a party um instead of inviting your family your friends your rich neighbors which don't all of us like invite our family and friends anyways right to our parties Jesus is saying, invite the poor, invite the marginalized. Mm -hmm. He says, and then here's, you know, where it is, is he says, those people will be blessed and their reward will be given at the resurrection. Yeah. I think this is why I chose this parable is because of the way it ends, to be honest, because this is the thing that gave me the slap upside the head. Um, Knowing how many times I, I, I straddle on the line between extrovert and introvert. Like I really do like my alone time, but I really like people, but I like my people. Mm. And so when I invite people out, they're like close people to me. They're the people that are very like near to my heart. Um, but Jesus is like, well, what if you just invited some more people that you don't know? Yeah. What if you got a little bit more uncomfortable? Yeah. What if you actually knew the poor and marginalized by name enough to invite them to a party? Like yeah. That to me is convicting. Yeah. I think, I mean, because we invite, we can invite people to parties expecting to be invited to theirs as well. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's like, instead, Jesus is like, invite people that you wouldn't expect to be, because mm-hmm. maybe they couldn't throw a big party. Yeah. But they're going to have a lot more great gratitude and grace yeah. and like excitement. Yeah, I so Daniel, like I'm going to put you on the spot because I feel like this week (laughs) Daniel had a run in actually with one of our neighbors. Oh, yeah. Um, And I just think it's like an interesting story. Like we don't really know the outcome of the story yet because we just like met this neighbor. But um, you got a little bit uncomfortable this week with like (laughs) inviting somebody to a gathering. Yeah. I'd love for you to share that. Yeah. I mean, we had just um, I had just met this neighbor who's down the pod. From us. Um, when he says pod, all of our houses kind of like face inwards towards a grass area. Yeah. And it forms like a pod. Yeah. And so um, I was just like walking and he stopped and he was like, do you have any cockroaches? And I was like, um, OK, um, that's not quite a question I start off the morning with, but we'll go with it. 
And I was like, no. And he goes, no, like in your house. And I was like, oh, not, I mean, we have some, we don't have like a cockroach infestation, you know, but we have like a few. And he was like, I have like 20 dead ones by my door. <laughs> I was like, oh man. So then he took me over and showed them. Um, and then we started talking and he, we went inside and then he like, you know, brought me inside and we kept talking and I was like, okay. And you know, so I work from home. So I was like, oh, like I gotta, I needed to get going so I could get home and shower. Cause I'd just been out on a walk and, um, then I got home and as I left the, the thought came to me of like, we were having a Holy district gathering that night. So the thought came to me of you should invite him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, maybe that's a really good idea. And then went home and was like, but I'll do it later. You know, I'm, I'm going to go and shower. Mm-hmm. And so then I showered and started going throughout the day. And it kind of kept coming back. I was like, I don't really want to. Like, I just met him. What if he doesn't want to? Um, and then Brooke had been gone and came home. And I was like talking to her. I was like, do you think I should invite our neighbor that I just met? <laughs> And she goes, Daniel, I was thinking about that in the car on the way home. Yeah, I was like driving and I, I you know, we were having a gathering yeah. and I was like, it was at um, one of the local like breweries. And so we were just hanging out and playing games. I was like, this is just a, such a non-intimidating atmosphere yeah. to like come hang out. Clearly this guy needs community. So I was like, Daniel, you should invite him. Yeah, I mean, and it was just, it was the opportunity got put in front of me. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to be obedient to the spirit because he's putting this opportunity right there. And I invited him, and he was excited. Um, he didn't show up, but right. he was just like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for the invite. Like, uh, my car's in the shop, but if I can make it, um, I'll. and it gets out of the shop, like, I'll absolutely come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so... Yeah, well, I think it just, like, makes it... Um, it's uncomfortable, right, to invite people you don't know yeah. to a gathering or a party or you know, anywhere you're going or out for coffee. It's just one of those, like, you get kind of in the pit of your stomach. Oh, gosh, I don't know this person. Like, are they going to respond well to this? But I really think that, again, talking about this parable, it's not just about, like, our neighbors. It is about our neighbors. But it's about, you know, knowing people who are potentially on, you know, the outskirts by name and and getting to know them by name and, and, and continuing to invite them in to these settings. So... Anyways, I just thought yeah. that was a really cool yeah, like story from this week. Yeah. So um, based on this, then, what do you think uh, Jesus wants you to do? As you read this parable, like what came up where you're like, okay, this is a way to be obedient to what I'm reading. Yeah. So um, I think I'm learning that I need to <laughs> invite more people um, okay. to parties that I don't know. We just talked about that. But I think something else that I'm processing is... Um, not viewing people as projects. I think that, you know, it's easy. I grew up in just in the Christian world and you, you go like you're taught to go serve places or, you know, go serve the homeless or go, you know, feed the hungry and do all these things. And there's nothing remotely bad about that. I think all of that stuff is really good. At the same time, a lot of times you just kind of check a box as a Christian, you do your diligence Mm -hmm. and you go on your merry way. Mm -hmm. Um, but you don't think like it doesn't it doesn't affect your own life from there on out. And so I think what I'm being challenged with is what if we started changing our posture as Jesus followers, okay. entering into a place saying, I am powerless. Okay. I am the powerless. Okay. Um, and when you interact with somebody who is considered, I don't typically an outcast, 
simply emptying myself to the point that I don't think that I have anything to offer to this person other than a mutual relationship. Like I don't have anything to offer other than seeing the image of God in this person, the way I see the image of God in this person. As I go, you make me better. Yeah. Um, and then as I go, you make me better. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So is there a spot like specifically then um, in this next week or in these next couple of weeks where it's like that you can go and meet somebody like that? Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question. I think I would have to do some more thinking about that to think about like, where am I going? What spaces am I you know, filling? I think it's easy for me to sit here and say, oh, yeah, well, I go and do this or I serve at this place. You know, I serve with refugees on like on a weekly basis. I teach English, but I think really it's, it's recognizing them by name. Yeah. You know, affirming them in the kingdom of God, but also thinking about how I can invite them into my life. For example, Mm -hmm. like I'm, so I'm pregnant. And so what's been really fun right now is um, (laughs) some of the Syrian women that I teach English with, some of them are pregnant. Some of them, Um, have had like lots of babies in the past, but like they're sharing with me all of these amazing tips about pregnancy and just really encouraging me in pregnancy. Like I'm not there to simply just teach them English. They're there to help me and help me flourish. And so I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think it's definitely a mutual flourishing. Um, You're entering into that with some humility. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I wonder too, just, you know, playing on the food idea in a banquet. Um, This is just a thought. But what if you took, you know, one of them out for lunch? Yeah, one day? exactly. Or like went over to their home. I mean, they don't know. Like they're not going to go out to eat like maybe, you, you know, as often. I don't know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so maybe just like because maybe take them out for tacos. Who knows if they haven't had like, you know, um, your Syrian refugee that you work with. Um, maybe take her out for tacos. Yeah. Well, I mean, something we've definitely talked about on a regular basis is how much they love to cook. I think yeah. they, that's the thing in like their culture, they love to host. And so it, I know this sounds like funny coming from an American culture because you're not typically supposed to invite yourself over, but I think yeah, honestly, if I, inv- if yeah, I invite myself like over to, you know, yeah. one of their houses, I think that it could be really cool. But oh, yeah, again, cause... like these are all just like different things about my own life, but the whole idea is like, you know, finding opportunities where you can invite people into yeah. your life, not just you coming and saying like i'm serving and i'm meeting this need yep yeah that's good um okay well thanks so much for sharing that oh you have more that you want to say well you had a question on here that did ask um whether jesus was teaching about himself oh thanks for that i forgot about yeah or about the kingdom of god or about like mission here on earth and so um i was giving some thought to this and i would definitely say that this parable is about mission, okay. um, 100% about mission. So when I think about mission, really, it's just simply alerting people everywhere to the universal reign of, of God through Jesus, right? And so I think through this parable, Jesus is insisting that God really cares how much we love people, how much we serve people, and how much we value people. Hmm, and I good. think that humility really matters. Sacrifice matters. Um, giving up our own like wants and our needs and our agendas, setting all of that aside and putting people first in the kingdom of God matters. And so, yeah, I mean, this is definitely about the kingdom of God, but it's about mission and how do we carry that mission out 
um, throughout our life. Um, something I was just thinking about was, um, so Daniel's mom is like one of the most generous people I know. She is. Um, honestly, she's just so amazing, but she doesn't have much, but she gives much. Mm. I think she's constantly looking for opportunities to just be generous um, to people who maybe would be classified as even like richer than her, but it's not about the money. Like it's about how she blesses and how she finds joy in that. And so again, I just think this parable is about mission. I think she's a perfect example of somebody being on mission in that way. And it's asking us to consider setting our you know, own agendas aside uh, so that we are not boosting our own morale. Yeah. This parable is asking us to to pay attention to people and assign value to them. Yeah. Um, again, going back to that concert analogy, it's like, it's so dumb, but it's so simple. Like, what if you, you know, you're at a concert and you see somebody who is actually shorter than you and I'm just focused on pushing my way to the front, but you ins- instead try to get them to the front. Yeah. I think that's what this parable is yeah. all about. That's good. So, um, yeah, this has been a good conversation. And as I've just been listening and thinking about the parable and, um, also reflecting on the one following it of just going, all right, where do I find myself, um, acting like a Pharisee and trying to put myself in a place of honor. Right. And, um, I don't want to miss the kingdom just because I believe it's only a feast. Yeah. Like it's only a meal, you know? So if you read the parable after, um, they skip the feast because they think, oh, it's just another meal. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get so used to uh, eating with people that I forget um, the beauty of the kingdom of Jesus that's happening there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, around the table. Yep. Mm-hmm. And when we invite people who, like, this is this is it, who um, aren't fighting for a place of honor, we yeah. get to see the kingdom of Jesus more. For sure. So thanks for sharing all that, Brooke. It was good. Cool. So. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. Um, We are going to continue with more people from our communities, and you'll hear from Allentown and from Gilbert as we reflect on the parables and the teachings of Jesus um, and as we grow in our lives and in our faith. So the Holy District is a growing network of people in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and Gilbert, Arizona, seeking to rediscover sacred and living integrated Jesus-centered lives with our community, for our community, and by our community. If you want to partner with us, you can. You can find out more at holydistrict.org. You can schedule a spiritual direction session on there or uh, partner with us through prayer or financial giving as we seek financial sustainability um, in the year 2022. So thanks and have a good week.